0: continued at scs.georgetown.edu podcast. The week 11 preview episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they are chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew, B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code Armchair to try it free. Blue chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast and uh oh boy. Well, it's pretty much over with now guys. Uh we can stop worrying or contending about the playoffs uh yeah, we got 6 games left and uh I think uh yeah, we're we're pretty much done. <laughs> we're pretty much dunce so, and i and i think that even if sunday's game had been more highly competitive and close and all that kind of stuff uh we we'd still probably be still probably be saying the same thing or 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 maybe we'd be holding out a little bit of hope but uh after sunday's performance it, it's hard to believe that we've got a six game winning streak in us which is what we'll absolutely need to make the playoffs so Anyway, let's go ahead and get this debacle over with. It's the Week 11 Review episode of the Bears Talk Underground, so let's get to it. Unfortunately, we've never looked like a playoff team this year. I mean, I think of all the games the Bears have played, I think Week 4 against the Vikings, about as close as we've ever looked to our 2018 selves, and and a team that could contend uh, for a division championship or, God forbid, even a a Super Bowl title. But um, that was seven weeks ago. We haven't looked like that team since, not even close, and we kind of cemented that on Sunday night against the Rams. What's going on, everybody? The Week 11 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. I'm uh, back, and I want to get this over with Um, (laughs) this Oh, man, I mean, it just so frustrating, honestly. To 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 sit through this weekend, uh, and and week out to um, you know, like when when we had Olin Crutes on the show, we sat there. It's like you know, I got the the whole armchair quarterback thing. I, I get it. I I don't know what's going on in the building. I'm not there every day. I don't know what they're saying to each other, how the game plan's being set up, and and all of that. But it just seems. On the outside, just sitting in my chair watching the game on every Sunday, that it it just like so many things that you should obviously be doing. How can it be so obvious to me and and not be apparent uh, to them and, and and things like that? It just it gets frustrating week in and week out to to watch this. I'm like watching Nagy refuse to to run the football. Um, you know, it just like on Sunday, it just seemed like we we every time we ran out of the shotgun we ran into a brick wall but for some reason when we ran the ball from under center we we got some kind of push montgomery got a couple yards and you know at least the 3 yards in a cloud of dust thing was 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 happening we were moving uh the football some but anytime that we ran from the shotgun with that stupid rpo uh thing then uh, you know it just like, we 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 could barely get back to the line of scrimmage on on some of those runs montgomery had 14 carries for 32 yards On Sunday, you know, that's that's not how you want to do that. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I don't know. It's it's a week. It's a weekend week out uh, frustration. Uh, And this time we got to uh, live out that frustration on national television and what when the schedule came out appeared to be a uh, marquee matchup uh, of two of the teams that were destined to be challenging for the NFC crown uh, in 2019. Unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, The Rams still have life in the playoff race, but uh, not by much. They're still on the the in the hunt category as opposed to uh, being, uh, you know, in in the wild card or uh, or anything like that. So they still have some some work to do, but they're in a much better position than we are uh, at this moment. So anyway, let's go ahead and dive into these uh, knee jerk reactions because I'm uh, anxious to get this bad boy done with. And, uh, you know, in the first quarter, it's uh, frustration galore, um, mostly because the Bears are out playing the Rams in the first quarter for the most part, but we have absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to show for it. Yeah. New Jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears-Rams, and it's it's funny because the quarter has actually could not have gone much better for the Bears than it already has. I mean – they, they had a really decent, uh, probably their best, aside from the Minnesota game where they took the opening drive for a touchdown, but their best opening drive of the season. They got 60 plus yards, got in, in line for a field goal attempt, and Pinero pushed it wide left from 48 yards. Okay, fine. Rams come with the very first play. Todd Gurley fumbles, just stripped by Eddie Jackson. For some reason on Twitter, they're saying they credited Khalil Mack with it. I have no idea why. It was Eddie Jackson who tore the ball out, uh, recovered by HaHa Clinton Dix. The Bears can't do anything with it again. This time, Nagy doesn't even mess with the kicker, goes for it on fourth down. Taylor Gabriel drops the pass that would have been a first down on fourth and nine. Um, Then the Rams come right back down, and they charge the ball all the way down the field, uh, get it close to the red zone, but good old Jared Goff throws one into coverage, gets it uh i should say throws it into traffic there were like four or five guys in the area gets picked off by roquan smith the bears after um were going to punt got a got a good call uh one of the rams lined up offsides on fourth and one when they were punting and extended the drive attempted a 47 yard field goal this time that pinero pushed wide right so here's the good thing Mitch is throwing the ball well. His receivers are dropping it. There's a pro and a con for just about everything. We can't run the ball because we're getting beat up up front. Our offensive line is not blocking. We're also refused to run the ball from under center. where every everything is coming out of the shotgun. It's just it's not good. So, anyway, it's a 0-0 game. The Bears have nothing to show for their turnovers. Nothing to show for the fact that Mitch is actually playing well to start the game, and the Rams are pushing the Bears around up front on offense and defense. Their offensive line is opening up big holes for Gurley, uh, and they're doing the power running thing. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. It's 0-0. The Rams have the ball. And that would kind of be the tale of the game, is that the the Rams and McVay uh, stuck to what was working in order to be successful In order to get the win, Uh, you know, in the past, when when we talked to Brad Motter last week and, and, you know, they're wondering why they consistently threw the football when the running game was was having success or when the passing game was struggling, why not run it? You have Todd Gurley. You have Daryl Henderson. uh, You have Malcolm Brown. You have this trio uh, of running backs and you're not using them. And then you've got the Bears who have one of the better defenses, one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, and, and you're going to pass 50 times, you're, you're just begging to get uh, destroyed. And McVay didn't do that. He didn't try to stick to the pass and throw the ball 60 times uh, a game or, or anything uh, like that. In, in fact, uh, Jared Goff only attempted 18 passes, uh, and they, they ran the ball uh, the rest of the time. Todd Gurley finished with 97 yards on 25 carries, so nearly four yards a carry. He had a touchdown. Uh, in the game, and, and it's just like, you know, the Rams were going to stick with what was working rather than trying to make something work because that's what they wanted to run uh, kind of thing. I mean, it, it was like watching watching the Rams do what we wish the Bears would do. And, um, you know, granted, you just got done hearing me say that the, the offensive line was getting beat up, and they were. It, as a former offensive lineman, it was really pissing me off uh, watching our our old lineman get pushed around uh the way it was and, and I swear to God every time that I looked at the offensive line, uh, the reason that Aaron Donald was dominating James Daniels and Rashad Coward the way that he was was because he consistently got lower than they did. And that's that's the battle up front is whoever gets low can get underneath his opponent and therefore have leverage in in the confrontation and it just seemed like not only is Aaron Donald an, an extremely fast defensive lineman he's got amazing feet and uh, you know even Collinsworth and Michaels were making the, the the analogy about he'd be difficult to block in a phone booth because he would he's an amazing amazing talent he's an elite level guy he is the guy on the defensive line he was constantly he was winning the battle because he was getting lower than Daniels every single time his pad level was lower than James Daniels every single time his pad level was lower than Rashad Cower, which he could get underneath him and get past him get around him go through him or whatever he needed to do and not one time did I look back and, and see uh, James Daniels get underneath uh, Aaron Donald and, and get away from and get underneath him and, and win that battle I didn't see it happen once in the times that I decided to to narrow down or focus in uh, on those guys and, and see what uh, what was the struggle up front. I just every single time that I looked, Aaron Donald's pad level was lower, so he was able to get underneath our linemen, get through them, go past them, go around them every single time he won that battle over and over again on Sunday. And as a former offensive lineman, it was driving me nuts to sit there and watch it. I can only imagine what Olin Krutz might have been doing uh, if he was seeing the same thing that I was, and I'm sure uh, that he did but you know in the second quarter uh, fortune continued to uh, go the way that it did despite the bears basically outplaying the rams hanging on to the football and it, you know it just we just could not get anything going on a consistent level and at halftime in the second quarter uh the rams were taking advantage of their opportunities and putting points on the board meanwhile the bears were were simply just uh playing out the second quarter and and letting the Rams dictate the football game, even though we were the ones that had the ball for more, had the ball for more plays, time of possession, you name it. But at the halftime, the Bears were losing. Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears and Rams. And um, it went from bad to worse in the second quarter. It went from two turnovers – in the first quarter, with nothing to show for them, two missed field goals from Eddie Pinero to seemingly like... I mean, it's like we were dominating the game despite the fact that Rams are winning the battle up front. We still had everything going our way. Uh, in the second quarter, that shifted. The Bears are still sort of moving the ball on offense, but we still can't do a damn thing with it. And on now the Rams have started to... Uh, moved the ball on offense. Uh, Gurley ran the ball in the uh, in the first in the second quarter. Uh, they had a big play to Cooper Cup, take the ball all the way down to the one yard line. Initially, it was ruled a touchdown, and then the replays kind of made it look like Cup fumbled the ball out of bounds. But it turns out he fumbled the ball just before the pylon, so therefore it was still the Rams' football. So Gurley runs it from a yard out to make it 10-0. The Rams had added a field goal earlier in the quarter. So for an offense that makes it look damn near impossible to score points, a 10-point lead from the Rams right now seems insurmountable, which is pathetic to say. But it really does seem that way unless we get some huge mm, halftime adjustments because we've already gotten the turnovers on defense. We were saying that. Maybe the spark for the offense would be us getting some uh, getting some turnovers. Well, we got those, and we did nothing with them. So outside of the offense figuring it out themselves and us doing something in the return game on special teams, what reprieve do the Bears have left? So we'll see how it goes. And, and the cherry on top, of course, is that the Bears, uh, or at the Rams, I should say, start with the football in the second half. So... I don't know. We'll see. And I'm sure you all feel my pain when you when you hear my uh hear the frustration uh in my voice that it just, you know, to, to say that a 10-point lead seems insurmountable with the based on the fact that we've had the ball however many times we had it in the first quarter where where we were moving it at times pretty well and but just being able to to close the deal or do anything with those opportunities and missing every single time was just a, a a frustration that, uh, you know, you you just can't quite wrap your head around uh, uh, sometimes. And it was just, it was like a comedy of errors. The, 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 drops on, on Sunday were unbelievable. I mean, I'm looking at the, the receiver stats and Taylor Gabriel led the night, seven catches, 57 yards, but he was targeted 14 times on Sunday. Now, granted We don't have the world's most accurate quarterback, and he can sail one over your head from time to time. But when you're only catching half the targets that were meant for you, Taylor Gabriel had a terrible night. Um, Like in in the first quarter knee-jerk reaction, on our second drive when Nagy decided not to kick a field goal from 50 yards uh, out, and we went for it on fourth and nine, Gabriel dropped the ball. I mean, Jalen Ramsey made a play on it, but Gabriel had both hands on it. He had a first down. We would have been inside the red zone, first and ten. But instead, Gabriel drops the football. We give the ball back to the uh, back to the Rams. I mean, it just that was the the. T- I mean, even Allen Robinson got in on dropping passes uh, on 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 Sunday night. I mean, it was just what the hell is going on? Anthony Miller dropped a pass, and just unbelievable the things that were going on uh, on Sunday. The level of confidence that we were. Uh, showing on the offensive side and it's like great and everyone is watching this this is national tv this is great job guys outstanding news so it's 10 nothing at halftime and you heard me say there at the end without some extreme halftime adjustments uh basically we're still looking at the defense to make some more plays or god forbid Tariq or Cordero do something in special teams to put some points on the board because the offense just doesn't seem to have it well the funny thing is we came out in the third quarter and the offense had it on their opening drive. After the Rams did nothing with their opening drive, we come back, charge the field, 12 plays, 80 yards, put a touchdown on the board, got ourselves back into the game. It's 10-7. We got a ball game on our hands now. Uh, Or do we? Knee-jerk reaction, third quarter, Bears-Rams, and uh, it was a better quarter for the Bears. Um, The Rams, the the defense is completely shut them down or shut the – Set the Rams offense down in the third quarter. The Bears offense took their opening drive of the second half. I believe I read on Twitter for the third week in a row, they drove it in for a touchdown. 12 plays, 80 yards capped off by a uh, touchdown pass from Trubisky to Cohen. And I have trouble giving, like, who do I give credit to? And I'm not really sure I'm a big fan of the throw, but I know for sure. Tariq Cohen was an all-star with how he made that catch got both feet in the whole nine yards so I'll give it to Tariq an outstanding effort from Tariq to come down with that pass Mitch made a good throw but it wasn't all Mitch I I put all of that on Tariq Cohen to be completely honest with you um you know we we moved the ball fairly well by passing the ball Anthony Miller has been a big factor in the game so far uh, this week um you know if Eddie Pinero hits his field goals in the first quarter, we're ahead 13 to 10 right now. We're we're playing with a lead going into the fourth quarter. Instead, we have to we have to get the ball back and uh, put some points on the board so that the Bears can, uh, you know, either try to tie this thing or, or or get the lead to try to win it. But as we predicted when we we're talking to Brad Motter on the show, ugly low scoring. Game is pretty much what we're looking at. The defenses are winning the day on both sides, with both offenses getting a play in here and there uh, to, to to sprinkle some points into this thing from time to time. So we'll see how it goes in the fourth quarter. It's still anybody's ball game, and uh, we'll see if the Bears can continue to shut down the Rams on offense so that we can put the ball back in mitch mitch's hands to see what we can do there so you heard me mention uh second half adjustments uh, going into halftime uh during the second quarter knee-jerk reaction and would it would appear that whatever adjustments the bears made at halftime were working like gangbusters in the third quarter we absolutely shut the rams down uh, on offense uh, we had the football on on. on we had the foot when we had the football on offense. We were moving the chains. We had a successful twelve play eighty yard drive where we put a touchdown on the board, made it a ten to seven football game. Which you heard me say we should have been winning thirteen to seven. Or God forbid if Taylor Gabriel uh, catches that pass on fourth down, we're inside the twenty yard line. Let's say we get another field goal there. So I mean it's at least sixteen to ten. Uh, going into the fourth quarter instead of 10 to 7 where we we had nothing to show for those three drives in the first uh quarter but uh, again we we were we were starting to move the ball uh, we were running the ball a little bit better uh you know it just seemed like we fed we had figured out the puzzle during the halftime that uh what we needed to do in order to be successful in the second half and and try to to make a ball game uh out of this but when we got into the into the fourth quarter, that's where things really went sideways. I mean, the Rams gave the Bears every opportunity to stay in this thing. They gave us every opportunity to win this thing. Every time that the Rams seemed to make a step forward, there would be some kind of penalty that would negate it and help out uh, the Bears. It was frustrating as hell uh, to watch, man. and, and Well, frustrating as hell to watch the Bears do nothing with that i mean this was just this was a team that a a year ago would have used those opportunities used those mistakes to bury the rams further into their into the hole that they kept digging for themselves instead uh we would help pick themselves up so they could uh, make sure that they stayed in charge of this thing it was that that old analogy about the the hot potato uh and it's like somebody they just can't decide who Nobody really wants to win the game, but somebody has to uh, kind of thing. It's like the Rams were trying to, to keep giving this game uh, to the Bears on Sunday, but the Bears kept giving it back by by doing nothing with those opportunities. So that was mind-numbingly frustrating uh, to watch. And then in the fourth quarter, it seemed the Rams kindly of finally figured out what they needed to do uh, on offense to to put this thing away. Got a couple of big plays in there, put another touchdown on the board, uh and and put the game away and uh then there was that whole fun thing about mitch getting benched just on the last drive of the game (laughs) it's just what a mess it it turned out to be especially as it was happening live uh, uh and everything because it didn't come out until there was like maybe a minute left in the game when the bears had given the ball back to the rams and it was already decided that the game was over that it finally hit the airwaves that mitch was out because of a hip injury um but so i mean it just looked like boy this is a weird time to be sitting mitch down uh mitch was you know disheveled and frustrated and he he looked like on the brink honestly you know and i'm not making fun of the guy but he looked like he was on the brink of tears there on the sideline when chase daniel came in for that last offensive drive leaving everyone to wonder what the hell was going on why is mitch out of here now why is Nagy doing this right now why now uh, and everything just kind of clouded the end uh, of the game. I mean, it was already over, and, and, and uh, you know, the Bears weren't going to win, but it certainly, you know, put a dark cloud over the end of that game and, and what, the, what the next six games were going to bring uh, for the Bears with this seemingly quarterback controversy that we have on our hands now. Knee-jerk reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Rams, and stop me if you've heard this before. But just when you thought it was safe to hope, reality rears its ugly head, and you know the fourth quarter we blew it basically we blew it uh as I said before, we'd have been in the lead going into the fourth quarter if not for Panero missing those field goals earlier on um. Even still, we would have lost the game 17-13 to instead of 17-7 to because the Rams were able to put another touchdown on the board. Hell, they scored twice on one drive and had it taken away from them. So uh, there were several missed opportunities on that last offensive drive for the Rams. The Bears uh, forced a fumble deep in Rams territory in the fourth quarter there. Cooper Cup, I think caught a screen play, Buster Screen, you know, scoops it out of his hands, and before uh, Screen, who slipped and fell on the turf, could turn around and reach the football, the Rams recovered it, and the rest of it went sideways from there. That was like the Bears' last shot. Like, at the very least, we could have tied the game with a field goal, or maybe we couldn't have with Panero kicking tonight, I don't know. But, um, you know, eventually... Uh, the, the defense that had completely shut the Rams down. The the Rams had like less than 40 plays going into the fourth quarter. All of a sudden, they're running the football well. They're beating the Bears on deep, big plays now. And it's just like it all finally came together there at the end. And the Rams drove the dagger in uh, with a big, big pass play that got them inside the five. And then they ran it in. Uh, from there, one of their backup running, running backs, I think Malcolm Brown or something like that, ran it in for the touchdown to to basically put the game away at 17-7. to 7. And then there was the really fun part at the end where on the last offensive drive for the Bears, Chase Daniel comes out for Trubisky. And um, according to Twitter, Trubisky had a hip injury. And that's why Daniel was in there. Uh, I'm going to love to hear the post-game press conference trying to explain that one. Um, You know, the initial uh, estimation was that Nagy had just had it uh, with Mitch. And all due respect, Mitch actually played very well tonight. More times than not. There were several missed opportunities from Mitch today. Another two touchdown passes were missed because of his inaccuracy uh, problems. Uh, He could have hit Tariq Cohen on a wheel route for a touchdown, but for some reason, instead of throwing the ball down the field because he had two steps on his man, he tries to back shoulder it for some reason. Ended up throwing the ball like four yards short of where Cohen actually was. And then um, another play in the first quarter to Anthony Miller, Miller was wide open. If if they complete that, Miller runs in for like an 83-yard touchdown uh, catch. But instead, what what to the naked eye would appear to be a great defensive play by you know like a like a fingernail deflection by the defensive back, and it was, but only because of Mitch's ball placement. Anthony Miller, who was the intended receiver, had to turn back as it was kind of a back shoulder. Uh, throw had to turn back instead of Mitch hanging it over the top letting Miller run underneath it for what would have been an uncontested untouched touchdown instead it comes off as the defensive play of the game because that defensive back dove in desperation and got a hand on the ball to knock it away and so there's two touchdowns that Mitch left on the field And I don't know what, what happens to Mitch now when he's under pressure, instead of stepping up in the pocket, he retreats, he retreats, he retreats, and eventually he gets sacked. And it always comes at the worst possible time. And it's been a killer. And that's what happened on the last drive. He retreated, he retreated, he retreated and ended up getting sacked or, you know, it's just, it's been a disaster, man. And now at 4-6, and six, the Bears lose 17-7. to seven. You got to say the season's done. The season is over. We said all week long this was a, a play-out game. The loser is done. Hell, even the winner doesn't have that great a shot. But still, the Bears aren't that team. We fall to 4-6. and six, And 2019 is all about, I don't know, figuring out what we got for 2020, I guess. Because uh, we got six games left and we got a tough schedule ahead. Uh, even though we kind of get a reprieve over the next two weeks with the Giants and the the Lions, with the way that we've been playing, those aren't gimmies. So I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But the Bears lose this one in a game that, in a lot of ways, they dominated, but just couldn't, just, offense just, just doesn't have it, man. The offense just flat out does not have it. And there you have it. You know, uh, Mitch didn't have... Uh, A bad night uh, or he had a a better than usual night or better than average night uh, for Mitch, I guess. Maybe if you have to keep qualifying it, that's probably the problem, right? But, uh, you know, he, he definitely had his Mitch moments, and you heard me uh, describe them, those two big plays that should have been touchdowns, one to Cohen, one to Anthony Miller. The one for Anthony Miller, you could definitely argue was more of a great defensive play than a bad throw, but I still contend if he puts it where he should have, it they never would have had a shot. They never would have had a shot. Anthony Miller runs underneath it, boom, he's gone for a touchdown. It's a huge play and we don't have to drive down the field and Panero uh, hooks the uh, the extra point because Anthony Miller put the touchdown uh, on the board, and, and that's exactly what would have happened. Same thing with the, the Tariq Cohen throw was was unexcusable, absolutely unexcusable. He got past, He got around that linebacker. I think it was Littleton that was covering him. He's down the sideline. He's wide open. He's got two, three steps on his guy, and for whatever reason, Mitch back shoulders it. I have no idea why he did that, no idea why and it, it ends up, you know, being a dead play, and it was a third down play too, so it would have been huge for the Bears to, to at the very least, to move the chains, uh, you know, extend the drive and whatnot, instead we're punting the football back, uh, and, I, and I saw that, uh, I read that uh, Cohen was pissed off as he was coming to the sideline, because he knew we had a play, he knew that we had a play, and that just doesn't happen very often. Uh, for the Bears. And we're just squandering one opportunity after the next. And when we're talking to Brad Motter over the weekend or, or during the week last week, we, we, we came down to the whole thing about, you know, it looks like it's going to be the same as last year's game where the team that makes the fewest mistakes wins. Well, this year, that team was the Bears. Despite the two turnovers that we were able to generate in the first quarter, the mistakes that we made canceled them out, AKA the missed field goals canceled them out with those with those mistakes of our own and then the missed opportunities that's those are mistakes Uh, you know like i don't even want to get into the option play on third and one i mean apparently mitch had been suffering from that hip injury he got hurt um late in the second quarter just before uh halftime he was uh trying to scramble around extend the play try to find somebody open and he makes a. you could see like in the replay, you see him make a step and you see his his side just kind of buckle. It looked like an awkward step and I think that's where it happened. Um or in the injury. Because he didn't take a hit or anything like that where that where it could look like all right, that's where the injury occurred. But that funny step that he took is probably where it happened. That's where Mitch says it happened like on the last drive before halftime or that's what he was saying after after the game Nagy got himself in a whole wall of trouble essentially by saying that he was aware of the injury about two series before he took mitch out and then mitch comes out right behind him and says he got evaluated at halftime because he hurt himself in the first half so everyone's like dude are they saying that the head coach didn't know his quarterback was hurt until the late third quarter early fourth quarter what the hell's going on here uh, and, and then, you know, Nagy kind of walked that back yesterday, or uh, today, I should say, uh, on Monday uh, to um, basically get in line with what Mitch uh, was saying. And, and uh, you know, I guess they were saying that uh, like they were, I guess, closing in on a decision to maybe pull him one or two series before because the the as Mitch kept saying, it just kept getting tighter and tighter on him making it harder for him to function and run and so on and so forth but at the same time the theory kind of feeds itself by saying if the bears knew or if Nagy knew if Nagy knew that mitch was hurt if he had that hip problem why run that number one a why run the option at all and b why run that stupid ass option play if you know your quarterback's hip is bothering him and mitch If Mitch runs that play properly, it's a first down, okay? He's basically supposed to run to the un... Because with an option, with the option, there is always, always an unblocked man. Always an unblocked man. That's the point of running the option is that you give that guy the option of which one of you he's going to defend. It's a two-on-one setup every single time. You have your pitch man and you have your running back. The pitch man is almost always the quarterback. And basically you run right at that guy, and he has to make a decision. Is he going to go after the guy with the ball, or is he going to stay with the running back? And whatever that guy does is how you decide what you do with the ball. If that guy is more afraid of what Montgomery is going to do with the ball, then Mitch just cuts it up for the yard. It was third and one. He runs it up for the yard. We get the first down. Boom, the chains are moving and so on and so forth, or if he tries to go for Mitch, because Mitch is formidable, or at least used to be, running the uh, the ball, then he hangs onto it at the last minute, pitches it off to Montgomery. By then, Montgomery's got the momentum and runs it. But it just seemed like on that particular play, at the first sign of adversity, Mitch bails and pitches it to Montgomery. It ends up being like a two, three-yard loss, and like look, he just could not have run that play any worse than he did, which has also been a huge problem. For the Bears, uh, is just overall execution uh, on offense. Um, I remember there was a the, an old coach for the Buccaneers, the first coach for the Buccaneers, Rich McKay. Um, uh, when the, he was head coach, and he, he he I guess he made the time go by as coach of the Buccaneers back in those early days when they weren't they lost the first twenty six games of the franchise history and and whatnot. Uh, and a, a reporter had asked him what rich mckay thought of his offense's execution and his answer was i'm in favor of it as in executing his offense uh as in killing them all so i mean that's kind of where i'm at right now with our offense i'm in favor of their execution uh not and and i hate how they actually execute the plays so i would like to see them executed uh and then just put them out of their uh misery so anyway you know it just all came apart guys the the Rams finally figured it out there uh, at the end put the points on the board to to make it uh to make it a insurmountable 10 point lead uh again. We never got the ball uh rolling on offense after that opening drive. Uh, it was just one one mistake after another uh, and it was just uh, an insurmountable amount of mistakes the Bears could not recover from uh this year against the rams and the rams come away with the victory avenge last year's sunday night loss uh, by a similar margin 17 to 7 this year as opposed to 15 to 6 a year ago uh, in chicago keeps them alive in the playoff hunt they're still on the in the hunt category i'm sure the bears have been removed from that graphic uh, at this point so uh, uh that's it we've got six games left uh, we very well could be slash should be 6-6 six and six after these next two games. We got the Giants on Sunday. We got the Lions on Thanksgiving Day. We should win. We should, should win both of those games. The Bears are nearly a seven-point favorite on the Giants right now at home uh, on Sunday. It, it's sad that we're going to have to go through the actual games to, for the Bears to prove worthy of this line. But uh, that's where we're at right now uh, with this team. So that's going to do it for the review of the Bears-Rams game from Sunday night. Let's go ahead and uh, finish thing off. Finish this thing off. Final thoughts, bear up and bear down. But first, <laughs> support for the Bears talk underground and the Armchair Media Network comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineer tools for your family jewels. It's a bold new world out there, boys. It isn't just the ladies that are expected to keep a clean shop in the nether regions these days. But you don't want to use the same trimmer for your face that you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Always use the right tools for the job. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 2.0, I love that name, has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. And because of it, Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why aren't you putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the promo code armchair so go to manscape.com the number one in men's below the belt grooming your balls will thank you or as our friend dr Eva would say there really is nothing like a shorn scrotum it's breathtaking i suggest you try it and now let's get back to the show <laughs> Final thoughts, bear up and bear down to follow shortly after. And it's simple, guys. We suck. Um, our offense is wasting the the effort that our defense has been given. And at times the defense has not been great because they can't be relied upon to carry the entire team uh, this year. I mean, granted, they carried us a lot last year, but the offense did its part uh, more times than not. Uh, last year, I mean, the offense did leave a lot to be desired at times, but we chalk that up to you know we're 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 still learning the offense. We're learning this thing together. These guys are learning how to play together and and all the rest of that stuff. And from time to time, we still seemed explosive and dangerous, and you know, with Robinson and 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 Gabriel and and Terry Cohen and Trey Burton and contributing from time to time, and, uh, and and you know, Jordan Howard doing his bit from here and there, and it just seemed like we. We had it going more times than not. We took a lot more chances, and, and we, we got it done uh, last year. I mean, we we held up our end of the of the bargain and helped the defense out a hell of a lot more than uh, this year. I mean, like I said, we completely shut the Rams down in the third quarter. I mean, we dominated the third quarter. We put a touchdown on the board. We had time of possession. We kept the ball out of their hands, and even when they had it, we sent them three and out, I think, three times in the third quarter, and still nothing to show for it, nothing, and it just—it was so frustrating to watch. And watching the offensive line get pushed around by Aaron Donald and everyone else uh in between. I think Mitch only got sacked once or twice the entire game, but you know, Mitch was also digging himself a deeper hole every time he was under pressure. Instead of stepping up, I don't know why he doesn't do that anymore. He used to step up. He used to run. And, I mean, well, we know why he wasn't running on Sunday. But, you know, as as a whole, this year, he doesn't step up in the pocket. He retreats. He retreats. He retreats. It's just step up, man. Make a play. Get down there. Move the goddamn chains. So frustrating uh, to watch uh, with Mitch. And, you know, who knows what's going on Sunday. We won't know for sure until we start getting closer. Uh, You know, we probably won't hear anything about the injuries or uh, where Mitch is at for this week until Wednesday when the Bears uh, are back at it. They're off tomorrow on Tuesday, so we definitely won't hear anything then. And, uh, you know, what I'm hoping to hear on Tuesday is that we bring in some kickers to at least light a fire under Eddie Panero and let them know. We're bringing in guys to see how they look just in case we need to fire your ass after you miss a field goal that we need on Sunday against the Giants. So because uh, Nagy came out right after the game and said, nope, Eddie's our kicker. There won't be any competition. That doesn't mean you can't bring in some guys and, and let them know. Let Eddie walk in the facility, see guys kicking field goals and making them. and Be like, oh, hell, I guess I need to get my uh, my you-know-what together uh, and then I'm going to lose my job uh, kind of thing. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Bear up and uh, bear down. Uh, Bear up to Nick Witkowski. Outstanding effort uh, on Sunday, making lots of plays uh, for the Bears. Um, Very happy with what he's been able to do when we've needed him, uh, for him to step up the way that he has. Bear up Roquan Smith. He had the interception uh, early on in the football game. He was also seemingly everywhere at times uh, on Sunday, making tackles and just being a menace. Uh, for the Rams it was nice to see Roquan get back to himself and uh, bear up to Chuck Pagano our defensive coordinator for the most part put together a damn good defensive game plan that for the most part shut the Rams down and uh, you know unfortunately in the end uh, there was only so much the defense could do before the Rams were able to find a little sunlight to do what they needed to do in order to win and put points on the board so uh, I do overall want to give a bear up to Pagano. I haven't given that guy enough praise this year for the way the defense has really hung in there despite the the little to nothing the offense has given him and his defense to uh, to support them uh, this year. And then you guys will love this. I, I, I have a bear up to Mitch Trubisky. I mean, he, for the most part, <laughs> played one of his better games on Sunday. It's sad to say for a guy that was like 24 of 43 but it's like a lot of those were not on him there were a lot of inexcusable drops on Sunday uh you know he like I said he did have his moments and that's why I also give Mitch a bear down for his accuracy that throw to uh, uh, throw to Anthony Miller the throw to Tariq Cohen that should have been touchdowns he always misses those goddamn throws every single time I don't know why we're surprised when it happens it's just Especially this year, you don't see the Bears get many opportunities like those, and we squander them every single time, one way or another. by By Mitch not being able to get the ball off, by the receiver not being able to get open, and, or by Mitch making a, a, a just piss poor throw uh, in a situation that should have been nothing but uh, you know green lights and 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 wonderfulness for us. Uh. But, uh, yeah, so bear up for Trubisky overall for his game, but bear down for those moments that, uh, for those opportunities that were missed and those touchdowns that we should uh, have had. In that game, those points would have been enormous. So, yeah. So uh, (laughs) talking out both sides of my mouth when it comes to Mitch this week. But I thought he played well. Uh, It just, uh, he just wasn't, wasn't perfect. And these days, he needs to be. He needs to be. Uh, bear down also to Eddie Pinero. Don't really think I need to dig into why. And bear down to the wide receivers. Just one drop after another. I mean, if if it wasn't already difficult enough to move the chains and do what we need to do uh, on offense, you guys are really not making it any easier at all. Taylor Gabriel dropping the first down in the first quarter that would have at least should have resulted in a short field goal. Uh, for Panero, or God forbid we extend that one and put it in the end zone but we we left anywhere from nine to 13 points on the field in the first quarter alone Uh, and then with our other struggles those those points would have been huge for us uh, in the game again in that game the ugly low scoring games that we've participated in this year You know, and the wide receivers were killing us. I mean, it's even infected, started to infect Allen Robinson, our most reliable guy, on Sunday. So it's just, oh god, so painful, so so painful. And because it's so painful, I'm going to put an end to this. I'm going to put, I'm going to put the, uh, as far as this episode is concerned, I'm putting the gun in my mouth. I'm pulling the trigger, and I'm getting this thing over with. Come back on Friday when we will preview the Bears and the Giants uh, this week. Like I said, the Bears already six-and-a-half-point favorites. That's how well the season is going for the Giants, that the Bears of all teams are nearly a touchdown favorite uh, against them uh, right now. We'll have a new guest for the Giants, Charles Vitolo from G-Men HQ Uh, will be joining us to preview the game uh, for this week. So come back on Friday to preview the Bears and the Giants, see if we can get this thing closer to 500 get to five and six heading into that thanksgiving game uh, against the lions so come back on friday until then my name is larry d and this has been the bears talk underground